welcome to the service. We're just trusting God for a wonderful outpouring of His Spirit in our midst to continue. And I'd like us just to turn in our Bibles to Matthew. Yes, that's right. Okay, Matthew 22. I'm going to read from verse 36 to 40. Matthew 22, 36 to 40. Last week I was just explaining that God was challenging me that the year ahead depends on us. If our faith is in order, we'll be able to take on anything that the devil throws our way and we'll overcome and we'll only come out better. Okay, Matthew 22. And I said that the theme we'll be following for the next few weeks is overcoming faith. Faith that really works. Practical faith. Faith that does the job. You see, if you and I can get our faith together and we can get it to work for us, faith overcomes the world. This is the victory that we have that overcometh the world, even our faith. So that's the general theme for the next few months. And it might surprise you when I tell you the title to this message, which is Loving One Another. Loving One Another. Well, let me just say something. Faith and love are very closely connected. In Galatians, Paul said, circumcision avails nothing. Uncircumcision is not really important. What really matters, what really matters is faith working through love. Faith working through love. Can I just say something? The demands placed on you and I to develop our faith are so great that if you do not love, you will not do it. Amen? If we do not love, we will not do it. For others, all right? For God. Okay, but anyway, let's just read from the scriptures here. Matthew 22, 34. God help me to work through this. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Basically the greatest commandment. There's something about us humans that always want to know what is the greatest, what is the biggest, isn't it? And why is that? We always want to know what is the greatest. If you look in the map book, you see, you want to find out what is the highest mountain, don't you? What is the deepest? You're not interested in the second or the third or what. You want to know what is the deepest. Is that right? What is the biggest country? Which country has the greatest population? We always want to know what is the greatest. You see, that's this question here. Why is that? Why is that? You see, it reminds me of that person who asked it, as it turned out, a very wise man of God. He said, what is the greatest gift, you see? of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, which is the greatest gift? Why do you think he was asking that question? <laughs> he wanted to have the greatest gift, you see. Why did he want to have the greatest gift? Why did he say, look, what's the least gift? <laughs> no, he wanted the greatest gift. Why do we want the greatest gift? It's a bit of pride, isn't it? Because we want to have the biggest gift, you see. And I come up to somebody, maybe I come up to Barry and say, I've got a bigger gift than yours, you know, see. But you have to know what the big one is. And this very wise man of God said to him, he said, the greatest gift is the one you need at the moment. Amen. Amen. That's the greatest gift. If somebody is sick, what is the greatest gift? Yeah. Healing. Amen. If you're facing a difficult situation, what is the greatest gift? Discernment. Am I right? You see, we need the greatest gift is what we need. God wants us to be practical. Anyway, this man says, what is the greatest commandment? What did make sure we've got the greatest commandment right, you see? Now listen to the words of the Lord. There's something I want us to pick up here. He said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second, now I want you to underline these words. The second is like it. Do you see that? The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, you see, I've often read that and sort of thought, you know, as a typical human being, the hierarchy. Love the Lord your God. That's the great one. Then sort of lower down love, you know, the hoi polloi around you, and then goes down. But you see, what did he say? The greatest command is to love the Lord your God. The second is like it. In other words, it's on the same level. Do you get it? It's not secondary. It's on the same level. He seems to try and emphasize this to get this across. Now the big question is, why? And as I'm thinking about the scripture, it starts to dawn on me something very, very important, which we all know, but we somehow don't know, or has passed us by. You see, God is in the heavens. Amen. But he's not only in the heavens. He's present on the earth. Amen. Amen. He's present through the Holy Spirit. And guess what? Hallelujah. The church. But what is the church? A big fat building that we have to keep clean? No. The church is the called out ones. People. Amen. Amen. Now, the revelation I want us to grasp here is this, that people, we children of the living God, blood-bought children of the living God, are an extension of God himself. Can you all say amen? amen? We are an extension of God himself. Hello. Amen. Amen. Just think about it. Let me put it this way. People on the earth, the children of God, are the messy part of God. <laughs> Amen? The messy part of God. You see, it's all very well to have a lovely relationship with Almighty God, the pristine God up there, without any fault, all powerful, all provisional, all everything. Hallelujah, glory, me and my God. That's the easy part. What's the difficult part? Dealing with his people on the earth. And the difficult part for others is dealing with this messy part of God. You get it? Now that passes us by. But it mustn't, you see. What I want us to grasp is that the children of God are not just important to God. They are part of him. Amen? It's like, there's a man of God, and you say, oh, you're such a wonderful man of God, you're so fantastic, I just thank you for your message, I thank you, but you treat his wife like dirt. Apparently it happened. Apparently. Now, you understand, I mean, it's all right treating me fine, that's great, but if you treat my wife badly, or my children badly, what do I think of the way you treat me? You understand? It means nothing. Why? Because you're treating another part of me badly. Does everybody grasp this? Very important revelation to get. You see? We've got to come to the place where we realize that God's people are God. They're not gods that we worship. No. But they're an extension of Him. It's part of the family. You can have a teacher say, Oh, you're such a wonderful parent. But the same teacher treats your children like dirt. How do you feel as a parent? 
Don't come with this how good a parent I am. What sort of teacher are you? <laughs> you understand? This is so important to grasp. Why has God made it that way? Well, you see, the truth of the matter is it's a testing ground. God's good at that, haven't we realized? Think of the Garden of Eden. Why on earth did he put the wretched tree of knowledge of good and evil? Why put it there? It would have been much happier for everybody if he didn't put the thing there. Don't you think we'd all just... Eve would not have been tempted to eat us out of house and home. Adam sitting on the sideline applauding. Why? Well, you see, if he didn't have an opportunity, there's no way God could have tested if Adam loved him or not. Do you understand? There would be no way of showing it. Do you understand this? You know, you think of that musical, My Fair Lady. Eliza Doolittle sings this song. Don't talk about love. Don't go on about love. Show me. You understand? Show me. In a way, God wants us to show him that we love him. Talk is cheap. Did you know that? He said, many people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Amen? Their heart is far from me. Do you know you and I need to have our hearts tested? And I'm not talking about in case you're going to have cardiac arrest. I'm talking about our heart, our real motivation. God puts you and I through the test. Has anybody discovered this? You see, I know very often when I have a wonderful prayer time, oh Lord, how wonderful you are, how I love you, blah, blah, blah. What happens the next day? Along comes the test. Amen. What is that about? You see, God wants to test our heart. Not for his sake, but for ours. Amen. And I believe God has placed the church on the earth. You see, his being on the earth so that you and I can develop this quality inside of us called love. Can you all say amen? It's something that needs to grow. It's something that needs to grow. And that love among us is so powerful that if we can get it right, nothing can stop us. Amen? But it has to be tested. Amen? It has to be tested. You see? And let me put it this way. You and I are put together with other children of the living God. In that process, what emerges? We find out what we really like. Amen? We come across people that we just can't stand. Am I preaching to myself here, you know? We come to church, and I'm not speaking about anybody here, but you come to visit somebody, they come across your path. And then I love this, the church face. Have you seen this face? Bless you, brother. Bless you, sister. And in your heart, you're saying, my God, what an awful dress. Does this person have no knowledge of color coding whatsoever? That voice just works on my nerves, etc., etc. Oh, yes, we all do it. But you see, God wants us to move past that. 
Do you understand? And how are you and I going to move past that? Well, can I just say something? When you and I stop and think about something, and God is allowed by the Holy Spirit to talk to us, you and I are capable of growing way beyond that, way beyond that, to the place where we just love to be with one another. Amen? Amen. We just can't wait to be with one another. You look at the early testament church. Do you know the Holy Spirit fell and one of the hallmarks of this Holy Spirit falling was they gathered together, alright? In homes, in the temple, almost like wherever they could. They just couldn't get enough. They just couldn't get enough of being with one another, breaking bread, rejoicing in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Having such a wonderful time. Amen. Seeing miracles happen in their midst. What a way to live. What a way. How far have we fallen from that? I understand our society is much different. I mean, they didn't live 20 kilometers away from each other, etc. Didn't have timetables like we did, but all the same. What is the spirit of it? They couldn't wait to get together to be with one another. I long for that. We're on our way, but there's so much further to go. I can tell you very honestly, when people aren't here, I feel something missing. I just feel something missing. Amen? It's so wonderful to gather together, to worship the Lord, to pray together, to enjoy the Word together, to have a, one, a fine time. A fine time together. Because underneath it all is just great love. Just great love, care, concern, compassion, whatever you want to call it. Praise God. I'm believing for that. A community of people like that, that just can't wait to be together. Why? Because they genuinely love one another. They enjoy the different personalities, giftings, company, no competition, no comparison, no issues, just being together. That is the actual hallmark of the church. That's the reason to get together. Did you know that? To meet with the Lord and with one another. Even if the preaching isn't so good, the music's not so good. That's not the issue. We try our best, but what is the issue? Just being with one another. I want to birth in us a hunger to be with one another. Amen? Just to be with one another. Just to enjoy each other's company. Just to enjoy talking to one another and sharing our lives. Not just living in a little huddle, you know, battling it out on our own. Sharon speaks of the time when they were sick and we went to see them. I can be very honest with you, we couldn't wait to get there. Couldn't wait to get there. Why? Here's an opportunity to prove whether God is God or isn't. Amen? Whether what we've been talking all the time will stand up or not. And bless God it stands up because it's the truth. Amen? That's what's supposed to be happening in our community. Praise God. But now I want to just share something with you that I think will help us. Help us to grasp this. Let's just go to Matthew 25, 31 to 46. And I want you to share... An experience I had, which, based on the scripture, which really spoke to me. It's Matthew 25, 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. Okay, And he will, he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father. 
inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous, almost like dumbfounded, answered him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, and feed you, or thirsty, and give you drink? When did we see you, a stranger, and take you in, or naked, and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick, or in prison, and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly I say to you, Inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, do you hear that? Inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to who? Me. Do you see that? You did it to me. You were doing it to me and you didn't even realize it. Then he goes on to discuss the other side of the coin where people said, When didn't we do all these things? Well, in the degree that you didn't do it to the least of these, you didn't do it to me. Can you see my point? Well, they get cursed, punishment. But the point is, you see, the people of God are God. They're just the same value as God. Yeah. How we treat one another is indicative of what's in our heart towards God, what we really think of God. Did you know that? It's a litmus test of what we really think of God. Many honor me with their lips, but their hearts far from me. We worship God and go out and kick the beggar. We worship God, then we go out and kick him. You see? This is a wonderful story. I've shared it before so many times, but I just love it. So it's one of the highest points in my whole career as a minister of the gospel. There was in the hospital a little child, a baby, that had leukemia. I've never seen such a beautiful child. Of course, apart from my own two children. But it was such a beautiful child. I used to call him Mr. Baby, Mr. Baby. And I was there in the hospital every day, and the nurse were very happy for me to pray for him. They were very happy for me to pray for him. The reason being, for reasons that I won't go on to discuss, his mother wasn't there very often. Okay? It's a long story. I don't want to go into it. Anyway, things were going along, and I went to see the child, and I realized he wasn't doing so well. And then I came to pray for him in the evening. And I had determined to pray for him as long as necessary. Anyway, he was in an incubator, like a perspex box. And there he was, this beautiful little baby. But he was like a fish out of water. Only way I can describe it. So unsettled, like a fish out of water. Anyway, I put my hand on the perspex and I began to pray. Thank God for the gift of speaking in tongues. Amen. Very often you and I come across a situation, you don't know what to pray. You don't know what to pray. And so I prayed, I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. After a time, it seemed as though this little baby began to settle down. Slowly but surely, began to just become more peaceful. Eventually the nurse, I think her name was Haneke, very fine lady, she was a very good nurse. She came in and she said, oh, I can take him out of this incubator now. And then she said to me, would you like to hold him? <laughs> oh, I was so happy. Yes, of course. Love to hold him. Anyway, so there I end up by the bed, my feet up on the bed. At that stage, thank God, this part of my anatomy was somewhat extended. <laughs> That's a great blessing if you want to cuddle a baby through the night. Let me tell you, it acts as a pillow. Anyway, here I had this precious little baby in my arms, 
and are saying, fortunately not a very critical audience, <laughs> I prayed, I spoke, and I told this little baby how much I loved him. Amen. Trying to fill this child with God's love, because that's what he needed in the circumstances. Anyway, so I went through this night, and then it must have been early in the morning, Something amazing happened, and I can't describe it in simple terms. But it's almost like the presence of God came into that little ward. And I became aware of something. I was reminded of this very scripture. In that you have done this to the least of these, you have done it unto me. Do you know the sensation that I had? I had the sensation that I was holding God in my hands. Mm -hmm. How can you explain that? I can't. Do you know what it reminded me of? A young mother, 2,000 years ago, in a manger, in Bethlehem, holding that child. What she didn't realize is that although she thought she was holding that child, that child was actually holding her in the whole universe. Isn't that beautiful? But you see, that birthed in my heart a realization that the scripture is so profound. You see, when we meet with one another, Barry doesn't float in on a cloud with a whole lot of cherubim and seraphim around him. Oh, he'd love to do that. I mean, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Maybe one day. But he doesn't. None of us does. And yet, and yet, despite the fact that he comes in his vehicle and he walks like you and I, this is God. Amen? This is God. You know, when that revelation grabs us, gets hold of us, do you know something? It changes everything. It changes everything. Amen? We start to realize that being together is not just a social gathering where we sing a few nice songs. It's an opportunity for God to express himself on earth. What could be more awesome than that? Now I know that to come to that revelation is quite a stretch. And I know that the reality of it is that sometimes we battle with people. I'm not saying in the church, but out there in the workplace, there are some difficult critters out there. Hmm? There are some difficult people, and perhaps people see us as quite difficult. But you see, it's so important to realize we cannot run away from those situations and pretend they don't exist. You can't cut yourself off from God. Does that make sense? Well, what do I do about it, Graham? If I just get so irritated, I'd rather avoid and just live a peaceful life. Does anybody feel like that? Maybe you've got a boss that's just really on your case. You understand? I mean, I've had that in schools. Oof. Terrible. But can I just say something? Here's a, a practical way of overcoming. Please realize that that person in your life is there for a purpose. Amen? That person is there for a purpose. He has an opportunity to grow. To develop this capacity to be like God. The God who hang on the cross, being tortured, 
by the very people he probably healed, who could quite easily have called forth legions of angels and left the cross and given them all a fat clop on his way off. Out of here. Understand? Could have done it. Didn't do it. Didn't do it. Demonstrated the grace of God. God forgive them. Haven't got a clue what they're doing. No clue. I was reading about the crucifixion this morning in the course of my studies and it just struck me. You know, the Lord was there. I mean, he was famous at one stage. On the cross, everybody was against him. Everybody turned against him. What a lonely place to be. Even the thieves, the robbers, they laughed at him. I mean, how low can you get when the thieves and robbers are laughing at you? And yet, he took it all. We know the story, and he blessed. Now, you see, we need to rise up to that level. Can you see that? That's our example. We've got to reach for that. Look at ourselves, where we at. We're going there. And thank God for those people on the way that we battle with. But listen, here's a bit of practical advice, just to help us. Do you know the best way to resolve a troubled relationship? I don't care what relationship it is. You know, the starting point is what I will call small acts of kindness. Little acts of kindness. Amen? What do I mean by that? Your co-worker is on your case. You come to work, he's got something bad to say, and behind your back even worse things to say, and you just wish, oh God, get me out of here. And God turns around and say, says, you stay there until you learnt. What do you do? Oh, on your knees interceding. Oh Lord. Well, that will help. Let me tell you a better approach. We must pray, of course, for our enemies. The better approach? Go and get the man a cup of coffee. Yeah. Even better still. Say, come, let's have a cup of coffee together. Let me tell you, a small act of kindness goes a long way to diffuse the situation. Amen? Diffuse the situation. It goes a long way. Just that small act of kindness, or a kind word, just a kind word. Do you know how that can diffuse a situation? Most often, disagreements are caused by ignorance. Let me tell you what happens. You see, a little thing sparks a negative thought in your mind. And you and I cook on that little negative thought. And do you know what that little negative thought does? It grows. It grows into a massive sort of misunderstanding about that person. Amen? Another person is also growing a great misunderstanding about you. We've had people come and say things to us that never ever happened. That's what caused it. Some negative word got into their spirit. They mold on it. Amen? They mold on it. And because they mold on it, it grew moldy. The rot just set in. And so what happens? When you see the person, what comes to mind? All this rot, you see. And they say something and you interpret it in terms of the rot. How do we puncture that? Amen? How do we incise it, as it were, so all that muck can get out? An act of kindness. Acting in the opposite spirit, you see. I had this one case in my class. This one young lady teaching her matric history. She was a black girl. Obviously, highly, highly politicized. Amen. For your information, there have been families 
in our country who, when they feed their children, they feed them one spoon of pop and then they feed them one spoon of hate. Both sides, by the way, both sides. The pup is the same, and the hate is the same. Do you understand? Anyway, this young lady, she had in her mind this conception of white males, not Afrikaans in this case, but generally speaking, white males. And oh my soul, she couldn't say anything nice. But she got totally conflicted. Why? Because this horrible white male actually was concerned about her, actually wanted to see her do well, continually did small acts of kindness to show her that he cared. Marcel, did she ever struggle with that? She had such a struggle. But fortunately, we eventually broke through that. She did well. Praise God. Brothers and sisters, please. You and I cannot afford to allow relationships to go south. I mean, as hard as it may seem, you and my job is to break through somehow. And you see, when you and I, even though inside we are cringing, when we hand that cup of coffee over, do you know what happens? Something starts to change. Something starts to change. How? I don't know. God's love never fails. Never. 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 Are you hearing me? And so often, so very, very often, when you find out the other side of the story, amen, when you realize what the person is going through personally, you begin to understand you begin to understand why they behave. And the moment you and I begin to understand, can I tell you something? All the enmity inside of us somehow just... It's like that young child that was in the orphanage took all these children out. I've shared this before. They all were very pleasant and cute, etc., etc., but not him. Vincent was the biggest pain. Often used to pray that he wouldn't be there gentle, grey, and, you know, all sweet and kind. Don't, Lord, make sure he's gone. No! And guess who was there every time? <laughs> Sometimes him on his own, dear God. <laughs> but let me tell you, fortunately I made the right choice. God help me, etc. But I discovered something. This little boy had grown up living in a dustbin with his brother. Oh, please. Please. How would you like to grow up living in a dustbin? Hmm? What could you expect from him? You start to see things like that, you just, something changes in us. I mean, something just changes. And it's almost like, do whatever you want to. I don't care. I don't care. God loves you. Amy, can you see? It's so precious. It's so precious what God has. And it's been my experience that when you and I come across these difficult relationships and we have the courage to work through them, guess what? They become the most wonderful relationships of all. Amy, the most wonderful, wonderful relationships of all. I remember a friend, he went to Bible college, heart of apartheid, etc. And in this Bible college, you have to uh, share a room with somebody else. It's like that's how it works, you know, two, 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 in the dorm, so to speak. And he's from this part of the world and he's saying, oh Lord, please, please, not somebody from a different culture, if you know what I mean. <laughs> 
Casey's roommate turns out to be black as the ace of spades. Hallelujah. Right? <laughs> He's probably saying to God, there must be some mistake. There must be some mistake here. And God obviously said, no, there's no mistake. You know what he said? Very fine guy, by the way. But at the end of that year, guess who his best friend was? And he said, even to this day, I still keep in contact with my friend. You see that? God works his wonderful miracle in our lives. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? So I'm just here to encourage us all. Please, realize the value of people. Right? Especially the children of God in general and the body of Christ in particular. When you now are dealing with one another, we are dealing with God. We are dealing with God. The great commandment is to love God, yes, but as it, just like it, because it's the same being. Amen? We need to learn how to love one another, really love one another. And I'm not saying we don't. We're growing in it. And as I say, when you and I face difficult relationships, the stepping stone through is to make a choice. Small acts of kindness, just small acts, a kind word, a kind deed. And you'll be amazed how the resentment that you might have built up just gradually dissipates. Praise God. Lord, thank you for your word. Bless us, we pray. As we seek to put your word to work in our lives, and I trust, Lord, for good reports. Good reports, Lord, of relationships that were struggling, but that are now resolved. And for this, Lord, we give you praise. Amen. Amen.